0: Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky.
1: And I am Leah.
0: And um, I am super excited. We actually are starting a week early this year, mm-hmm. but we are kicking off Indie Author Month. Um, April is Indie Author Month, and throughout the month of April, the Buzzing About Romance, we are going to celebrate the indie authors within the romance community. And we got super picky about our indie authors we did. this year
1: like they had to meet like certain criteria because we wanted like the full indie author experience.
0: Yeah. So joining us for this episode, we are super excited to welcome author Eve Casey.
2: Welcome to the podcast, Eve. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here I'm um, talking about books and indie authors. And I love that you guys are doing a whole month on indies. Love that so much. Thank we, are, you. we got
0: really picky with our criteria. So like just for our listeners to know, because yeah. there are several different kind of authors and not everyone is aware that not every author is the same. <laughs> um, you have your traditional published author. And then we talk about a hybrid author who both publishes traditionally and independently. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of a subgenre of the, um, Publishing world. hybrid, right? Yes. When, would you say it's kind like of, a subgenre? Um,
1: kind of. So mm-hmm. like any author, like any author that has written in a world of another author, mm-hmm. does not count for our version of April's indie author month for this year, because they go through this entire like process separately from what they would do. If it was just their book. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and also, you know, if your name is attached to say like Sky Warren and Dangerous Press, that's going to open some potentially mm-hmm. whole new group of readers to you. So yeah. we kind of wanted to focus a little bit more on the small guys mm-hmm. <laughs> that, <Hey. laughs> that are doing it all themselves because and that's something we'll get into in this episode. But, you know, what you as an indie author are responsible for, for putting out, you know, each book you put out It's Mm -hmm. not just write a story and hit publish on Amazon. There's so (laughs) much more to it than that. Yes. Um, So, okay, Leah, read Eve's bio for us, please.
1: Eve Casey, she, her, hers, started composing stories in childhood, both in her head and with an electric typewriter loaded with pink paper. She writes for a design firm by day and reads independently published romance novels by night. Eve writes contemporary literary romance that balances sweetness and steam while aiming to teach readers something new. She believes romance novels can be a platform to portray healthy relationships and attitudes towards sex. Her novels are where nerdy meets dirty. Eve lives in Washington state with her very, very stylish husband and two children.
0: (laughs) I don't know why I thought you lived in Southern <laughs> California. Maybe it's because your uh, first series takes place in Southern California.
2: I yes, don't know. I lived there for a couple of years. Um, I actually met my husband down there. So mm-hmm. I moved down there because I'm like, why wouldn't I? Southern California is amazing and he's amazing. So yeah, my books so, um, tend to take place down there because it's such a fun place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I had you in Southern California. So <laughs> the fact says you live in Washington State, I'm like,
1: at least oh. you're on the wrong side of the country. This time. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm in the it's right true, country. You're not always there. <laughs> I mean...
1: This is also
2: true.
0: Um, okay, Eve. So, first question of our indie author spotlight. Are you a reader of romance?
2: Absolutely. I've been a reader of romance since I was probably 10 years old. My it's... mom is an avid romance reader, another library reader. She would read probably a book a day, like get up way before work, read read in bed at night and i you know she had this giant stack next to the bed and i just sneak them out Mm -hmm. i remember this one series and i've tried to find it as an adult and i cannot find it and it was like just a girl's name like gabriella or danielle or joanna and it was always like she had to choose between two guys it was historic cannot find it but that is the first romance series that i remember just utterly falling for like the tension of like Who's she gonna pick who's the better choice for her Uh, are those phyllis whitney books i don't i'm gonna write that down just in case it is
0: it's either fern michaels or phyllis whitney and phyllis whitney though
1: phyllis Phyllis whitney's dirty thriller ish
0: well phyllis whitney is very very like taboo of the 80s which would be like Light, dark, like a gray romance novel here nowadays. But in the eighties, her stuff was. I'm gonna have to look because I have quite the backlist of historical romances. But
2: yeah, and it would be the eighties because I I don't think it's Fern in my forties. So it's been a while. laverl Spencer, maybe it's gonna be Am one I of all? those
0: it's not a joanna Lindsay because i know all her titles by heart it's not a jude devereau because i know all her titles by heart <laughs> julie garwood you know she's the bride the ransom the secret um but i know that like laverle spencer uh phyllis whitney they had some series that were just female names <sighs> anyway
1: I'm going to look it up. Maybe
0: we'll solve this mystery. Okay, Eve, while Leah is looking it up and doing research, um, why an author? What inspired you to write your first story?
2: Um, I've, I've always had stories in my head. I've been narrating, especially even um, even love stories, even as a child, like way before I should, like spying on people on the playground, like, ooh, who's going to fall in love with who? I'm just making up these scenarios in which that would happen. Um, and I always kind of wrote little things, um, poetry. I, I won some awards back when I was a teenager that I try not to think about, you know, and you go back and look at that stuff and it's utterly embarrassing. Um, but as an adult, I started feeling called to it. Like it's almost like you can't, you can't fight it. It has to come out in some form, right? These stories, they keep you up at night and they, they become more real to you than real life. Uh, And I was reading this really, really, really awful book one day. And I was like, God, this is just terrible. It was just terrible in every way. And I um, figured if this person could be brave enough to put this book out as is, like, I can do this. I can do this. I can give it a shot. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Nobody reads it or somebody reads it and doesn't like it. And that's that. At least I told my story. So I just decided to leap. (laughs) Good and for it is you. The, um, yeah. It is it was, not
1: Phyllis Whitney.
0: It's not Phyllis.
1: <laughs> Shit. Here, I think, and I, mm, okay.
2: We'll find I, it. I do
1: love that though, because like you wanted to just take that leap and see what happened.
2: Yes. And it was the my first book that was like eight years ago. So it was, I knew nobody in this community. I was not on Instagram or connected in any way. So it was just a bunch of Googling, how do I self publish a novel? And just, mm-hmm. that was that. And like my mom read it and a couple people that I worked with. And that was that for the longest time until 2020 when I published my second book. And then it kind of went, you know, gangbusters from there in that I was able to write quite a bit and then release it pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. You know, um, and we often hear the good and the bad of the pandemic. um, But for some of us, it allowed us the opportunity to Mm -hmm. do some things that we had been dreaming
2: about doing. Absolutely. I my hours got cut in half during um the pandemic. And then my kids, our school just let us go. So it wasn't even like I was homeschooling. The school's just like, we don't know what to do. Good luck to you. See you in a year. So we were I just wrote I wrote I know it was amazing. It I I know the pandemic is awful for a lot of reasons. But man, we had so much good time together. And I wrote four books Mm -hmm. in 2020 because I had the time and, um, the inspiration. Cause I was just home with my kids and we were just living life and we were not in the rat race and it was awesome. Well, and
1: you probably needed that outlet too. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, my kids, like they're younger, like we did the homeschool thing. Like we were very fortunate. Like my kids district had, they didn't have a plan right away, but like they figured it out. And like, yeah. we were, were, one of those we were one of the few schools in the area that like all of the, every single student had a laptop already. Mm -hmm. Like we're very tech heavy in our district. And so like, it was really easy for that transition for them. So like, I didn't, there was a lot of like remote stuff for them. So there wasn't Mm -hmm. a lot of like stuff that I had to do, which was nice. And so I could still be functional and like the the kids were like taking care of. I didn't have to worry about that, but having to do all that, you probably needed some sort of like outlet for your own mindset and sanity.
2: It was was good. That series, that was my all in series. It's very escapist for that reason Mm -hmm. as well. It's got a lot of travel in it, got to explore some topics I'd never had time to dig deep into before. So yeah, the free, the free time and Mm -hmm. the need for the creative outlet was all had to align in order for that to happen. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, and I know it was bad for a lot of people, and we mm-hmm. really, we're just now getting back out in the world two years later, um, mm-hmm. but this podcast would not have happened had it not yeah. been for the pandemic. I just, because mm-hmm. you're so busy as a mom, yeah. or you know, or just as a person with lots of career stuff and friends and a life, mm-hmm. it's hard to take that moment and stop and do what makes you happy. You know, you have to try to schedule it in and stuff. Right. And you know by forcing us to take a step back and to keep our lives kind of quiet a little bit mm-hmm. then you can focus on those things they're always like oh I don't have time to do that right now I'll do yeah. it later mm-hmm. so and I love that Absolutely. you wrote stories I love that you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. put your time in there and gave us and that all in series is very very good I've read the first three.
2: Oh, um, thank you
0: so um well, I, you joined us last year for our yeah. readathon on Labor Day and Carolina's like she challenged me. She's like every author that's coming on, you've got to read like at least one of their books and I was like okay. <laughs> we got 6 weeks. We we can do this, right? The only problem is I'm a rabbit hole reader. Oh, like, okay. So like I read the novella cuz thought, okay, this will just give me a picture who Eve is and I'll come
1: back. <laughs> but she can't stop. I can't. I have zero self-control. I-
2: but as an author, I love that. We
1: want that. <laughs> well, and honestly, like we have found some really amazing authors, like from our rabbit holes. And like, then we proceed to tell everybody else mm-hmm. about the rabbit holes that we have went down. And I think we go down at least like one every like two or three months that just won't stop.
0: It won't stop. Well, and then we end up with like whole seasons and years of one o- of one author. <laughs> People don't let you forget it. That. Um
2: Okay, last five-star read. Oh, thank you for not asking what my favorite book is, by the way, can I just say oh, that? It's, it's such it's a like,
1: hard question.
2: Those I, are like need, children. Oh, yeah, like pick. and I need It depends filters. on the day. Like, is it a PNR? Is it contemporary? And if it's a PNR, is it shifter? Is it vampire? Like, there's no way I could pick a favorite book ever. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. <laughs> I get so stressed about that question. So five-star reads. Uh, I finished two arcs this week and i'm sure most people know that means advanced reader copy so it's a book that's not out yet and one was a contemporary by kelly k called present tense it comes out march 30th she's so fun she -hmm. has such a fun fun. unique voice yeah she's so great and present tense is such a grown-up love story the characters are in their late 30s they're both divorced she has a child their lives are so messy their childhood lovers come back together 20 years later, like reconnected a Christmas party, want to make it work, but life, they don't even live in the same state. Mm -hmm. So it was very raw and real. Um, Five Star Read, Kelly Kay. The other one is a um, author, another indie author named Rachel Madbury. And she's one of those authors that I really wish more people were reading. She's, she says she's fantasy. I think it could also be R. she's got witches and guardians who are um, assigned to these witches um, to help them reach, like, to make sure they stay alive, essentially, mm-hmm. until they reach, like, their the peak of their witching power. And, of course, mm-hmm. these guardians are not allowed to get involved, and they've sworn off any kind of connection. And every book, there's a guardian falling for someone, and it's so good. And it's witches and demons, and you think it wouldn't be beautiful, but it's so Beautiful. Her books have just the most gorgeous prose, and the connections are so deep. So, that's another one. It's called Tide of Darkness. Rachel Mabry's book four in her um, Guardians series called the Seven Series. Oh, loved it. Sounds
1: very intriguing. I'm writing that down. I was going to oh, say, yeah.
2: I totally wrote it down because you had me at Witches. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so good. She's one of those people that if I won the lottery, I would give her millions of dollars so she could quit her day job and write for me because she's a slow writer like me. She writes like one book a year, and I'm like, oh Mm. man, and now I have to wait a year for the next book to come out. So I would finance her writing career if I could.
1: Like I love that and hate that all at the same time.
2: (laughs) Right, exactly. Stupid day jobs. Mm. They get get in the way. They really do. They really, really (laughs) do. And you
0: know, I work is a subcontractor. So, you know, like I don't always have a contract for the next month. And I was just in the midst of negotiations. And part of me was freaking out, like, am I gonna get this next contract? You know, do I have mm-hmm. a contract for a couple more months? Or am I gonna be, you know, searching for new contracts other places? And um, but then there was also this thought in my head: was, well, if I don't have a contract, think of all the books Mm -hmm. I could read during the day but it would also mean a lot of unsupervised free time
1: yeah it's never a good thing with Becky (laughs) she's not allowed to be left unsupervised because then she plans things and it goes bad it doesn't go bad but it goes a little haywire she's she's not allowed
0: I'm I'm, yeah unsupervised (laughs) I'm like a little kid with lipstick like the walls are gonna have red paint I mean it's just the way it's gonna be (laughs)
2: Oh, so you got so, good a good team then. We, we are. I
0: refer to Leah as the voice of reason for the mm-hmm. most part.
1: Oh, but we, it was pointed out to us earlier tonight that I am not always a good voice of reason. Though. You aren't. <laughs> no. So, um, do you have a favorite romantic trope, either to read or to write?
2: Um, I love enemies to lovers because the tension is so good. I feel like it cannot be beat. The tension in an enemies to lovers situation. Uh, I had have found out that I write workplace romance and I didn't know that, but every book I've ever written centers around work. And I don't know how I feel about that. So um, I don't- Your new one
1: doesn't though.
2: No, the new one doesn't. That's true. Uh, it does. Well, but they are connected through his work. I don't know. I don't know. We'll say it's not a workplace romance, but Workplace reading, adjacent. Yes, it's workplace <laughs> adjacent. And there's other tropes in all of them, right? But to read, I love A Good Enemies to Lovers. I love Fated Mates in any genre. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And
2: then there's, it's not a trope, but I feel like it should be. It's like the sacrificial man, and it's like the guys who pine in the background and are just silently brooding and loving someone without them knowing. Like that's not a trope. Like Marla Holt has one called The Van Birch Incident, and it's a stepbrother situation. Mm -hmm. and he just loves her for decades but you can't love your stepsister and he's just like dying inside i love that but i don't think it's an official trope but it should be
0: i mean would that fall under like pining
2: It would be like the pining Pining hero hero. yeah oh if that's a thing then that is my jam yeah i mean the pining
0: hero the hero that from a distance has loved for a long time Mm -hmm. um And, you know, has stepped back because maybe it wasn't, you know, the stepsister uh, or it could have been that like
1: um, the timing was just off brothers, Mm -hmm.
0: you know, brother's best friend kind of situation or sister's best friend situation um, where he, you know, just in his heart, that is who he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be with. But everything else is in their way. So if you love that trope, you should try Jay Salmon's Dr. Mistake. Oh, my God. You knew I was going there, didn't
2: you? (laughs) What is it? Dr. What?
1: Dr. Mistake. It's in Kindle Unlimited. You should just read all of them. They're very good.
2: Okay.
0: (laughs) It starts with Dr. Scandalous. And then there's three books in the series out so far. It's Five Brothers.
1: And we'll have all five books. And Book Book four of that series is going to be a pining hero, also.
0: Like to the fact that he stalked her, and if you like,
1: he's, he's a stalking pining hero.
0: Yeah, and if you yeah. don't mind stalking, you should read Stone Cold Notes by Julia Wolf. Oh goodness! Also, Eve, whole... Eve
1: did not come on the show. I know for Book Rex to answer her TBR. Like we're supposed to be asking her questions, not telling her books to read. But a pining hero, there is something love so a pining hero,
0: sexy, and honestly, like the. The one Stone Cold notes like he stalks her and manipulates things so much, so that he can mm-hmm. get her in the right place, so they can be together.
2: Oh, interesting. I'm intrigued. And It's a
0: rock star romance. It's anyway, and it's a real bodied heroine done very well. No, oh nice. No fetish sizing or anything like uh-huh. that. So mm-hmm. that's a big thing for me. So, but Love. I I could sit here for an hour and give you pining heroes because. I love a piner.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. Piner. (laughs) Piner. Piner's are the best. Okay. So is there a trope that you would never, you would likely never write? Or are you kind of open to anything?
2: Yeah, no, I would never write like a bully romance. Mm -hmm. I don't, that's not my thing. Like I have kids and bullying is, is a a real thing. Uh, And I have a hard time separating fiction from real life sometimes, which is why I have like a book boyfriend problem um they feel very real to me so yeah i could not do uh, i could not do a bully romance i don't even like to read them Mm. wait skirts a line my book boyfriends aren't real because (laughs) i know right pretty sure they are (laughs) pretty sure they are the amount of yes mental energy and yep the amount of times (laughs) i talk about them every day i mean
1: we do That's the thing, like we talk about them so much that sometimes we forget they're not real.
2: No, but they are real for the person who wrote them. That's true. I mean, Mm -hmm. I
0: feel like if I personally am pining over your hero, then you did your job as an author. And if I'm a wackadoo enough that I have now messaged you about how much Mm -hmm. I love your character, then you should take that as, that is as big as like, you know, an orange banner on amazon
2: oh absolutely that i'd rather get really, a dm than anything is else
1: it, is it though becky for like me it you is, personally, personally. <laughs>
0: for me personally it is you understand okay. the first time i messaged an author and was mm-hmm. like oh my god i love your stories thank you for writing them they it was actually yes. avery flynn i messaged <sighs> her and i was like i love this book so much thank you thank you thank you and she messaged me back Yes. And she didn't know what she was getting into. She didn't know what she was getting into. Because
1: now she's stuck with us.
2: (laughs) No, she can't. I know how that goes. Get rid of me. But I have absolutely shoved myself on people before the same exact way. But I've made so many good friends that way, too. We have, too. Yeah. Oh, no. Leah claims people. Leah claims people.
1: They claim me back, too. Do they? Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes they, although Krista claimed me first, so. She did.
0: Um, Okay. So writing process, pants
1: or planner? Pants or planner?
2: Are you kind of a a
1: mix of the two?
2: Mix of the two. I'm a mix of the two. I have a general, um, you know, a character arc and then story arc in my head. And I know, um, you know, like here are the 10 things I know need to happen in the story to make it a decent story. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what I start with and go from there. The whole process is mostly in my head, honestly. Like it starts, you know, daydreaming. That can last for years on a story. The story I have in my head right now has been in my brain for well over a year. Then there's Pinterest boards for everything. Mm -hmm. The characters, the settings, the clothes, all of it. Then there's um, playlists because you have to have music. I have to have music for all the different kinds of scenes and chapters and all of that and then maybe writing can start maybe depending <laughs> on the state of the world and everything else it has to all align for, mm. in order to get any kind of writing time I mean but that kind of sounds a, like a planner <laughs> more than a planner it's, planner-esque it's, it's, planner light um, oh, my um planner Ellie Maloof calls it um She's an author too she's amazing she calls it being a discovery writer and i really love that term because you're discovering mm-hmm. your story kind of as you go yeah. a little bit yeah it could take some interesting directions i had no idea how my newer book coming out can't help loving you was going to end i i had no idea it, mm-hmm. it was going to go a very different direction in my mind and it it went somewhere else but which think- would make some people very uncomfortable i think well <laughs>
0: Yes, and we've interviewed some of those authors that must stay on track Mm -hmm. and write notebooks full of plans. And they do, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: Their outlines are ten to twenty thousand words. Which, yeah, I I can't imagine. I think that that is very hard
0: for somebody who also works another job. Yeah, if your main job is being an author, you know, I think that. And also, your process is going to be a little different if you're a planner, obviously, because you mm-hmm. you know are going to have notebooks and outlines and stuff like that. But I think as somebody that's dividing their attention between day job, plus you got family life, mm-hmm. and you're trying to become an a successful author and put your stories out, sometimes you don't have the time right. to spend. It's, yeah, you know, and. I don't know about you, but many indie authors are trying to put, you know, three to four books out a year.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. It is a lot. I can only do about one, maybe I, I just, yeah, like you, you just said it like work takes up so much time and I have a creative job. So sometimes my well is empty. My creative Mm -hmm. well, I mean, most days it is I come home and I'm just, I just don't have anything left to give to writing. So, I mean, for me, I probably get, I don't know, one to three hours a week that I can spend on writing. And that includes research and everything else, the marketing of it, trying to do a newsletter, engaging online. No, I do a lot more engaging online, let's be honest. But I'd rather spend that time doing something like this, talking to Mm -hmm. you guys, or just chit chatting about book boyfriends through DMs with a reader. I'd much rather do that than take an ads course or write a really intense outline that I may or may not end up using. I just, I want to, I want to just engage more on a deeper mm-hmm. level. Well, and I think that's part of something that as
0: readers, we don't always think about what it takes to be an indie author. And you kind of touch mm-hmm. on it there. You are your everything. Yeah, <laughs> You are not only the writer of the story. So you've got to get all of that stuff all together You Mm -hmm. then have to, you know, decide who's going to beta read it, what kind Mm -hmm. of editor, who's going to be the editor. You got to start pulling stock photos and hire the cover artist to finish your photos for you, Mm -hmm. you know, or are you going to take the course to learn how to do it yourself? You know, do you learn how to format yourself or are you going to hire a formatter? (laughs) Um, And then there's the marketing and Mm -hmm. then there is the engagement with your readers right and I don't you do not
2: use a publicity firm to help put nope. your books out so no I I am gonna this time is gonna be the first time I've done it uh, okay and we'll see we'll see how it goes
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's not but I mean even even that step you know you still are gonna reach out to people and be like hey would you like would you mm-hmm. be interested in reading and reviewing my book would you be interested yeah. in you know doing this it's a lot and To take all of that and still then on, but that's not even your full-time job. Right. Yeah. You know, (laughs) full-time and family are still this whole other piece.
2: So, I mean. Some people I think are better at it than others. I, I, I am really lucky. And I think most indie authors feel this way too. Like the, the tribe is everything. Mm -hmm. they, um, you know, I'm like, Oh, I need arc readers. And I'll, I'll ask people and they'll be like, Oh, you know, this person I think would be a really good fit for your work. And, um, one of my author, I call her my author bestie, Melanie A. Smith. She does, she helps me with my website. She, um, does all my formatting. She does like, she gets my paperback files ready for me. I mean, all of those little things, like she is just, I would not be able to do books without her, Mm -hmm. or if I could, it would take, you know, eight times as long to get something out. Um, so yes, there's so many steps and it all, it all takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money. That's another thing that I don't think people realize. I just tell everybody, this is my really expensive hobby. Everybody has one. This is mm-hmm. mine. So it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and hopefully it won't always be a hobby, but
0: that's, you know, we're kind of in the same situation. We have the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a We have a, a decent amount of overhead.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause you know, we have a website and we have equipment yeah. and we have to pay for software and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we started our Patreon just because I could only afford to take so much out of my family budget before my right. husband was like, well,
1: <laughs> do you need well, yeah. to do this? Do, do you need that fancy
0: software or, you know,
1: but, <laughs> but the podcast is, it's a labor of love. That was Becky's like mm-hmm. Becky's brainchild and she started it and then she graciously Made made me join her.
0: I was gonna say I like strong armed you into it. But no, we get a no strong we,
1: arming, but yeah. We get we that understand. hobby mm-hmm.
0: be, because we're a hundred percent indie on the podcast and that's yeah. something a lot of people don't realize. We don't have any networks distributing us. We are our own although right. I did create a production company by accident. <laughs> oh my <laughs> quite by accident. Oh pretty
1: well she has been floating the idea but it kind of came to fruition sooner than anticipated right
0: right so when you like
1: like we we Mm -hmm. also like all of the the graphics marketing Mm -hmm. like ideas like we becky and i like we talk well we talk every day but that's yeah but like we'll sit and like basically just talk through like thought processes of Mm -hmm. like what what we want to come up with next so
2: Yes. Yeah. And you have to keep it fresh and it's not always easy and you're not always feeling inspired. So mm-hmm. I just think we do all have to support each other. And it seems like the community as a whole is, is really supportive. I don't know if you yeah. guys feel that too, that the, the, hopefully the love you feel like it goes both ways. You, um, there's we a have few our bad days. eggs there. We've had our there's days. A few bad
0: eggs. Wait, <laughs> we, o- we aired overall. our grievances last episode. <laughs> okay.
1: we did. It was the good, the bad and the, the swoony. We talked oh, about. Love
0: that. Just because, you know, As you're a member of Romance Landia, it's Mm -hmm. not 100% perfect all the time. Oh, no. It's not Not always a a happy place. And sometimes (laughs) (laughs) we have to be re-inspired. I mean, Mm because as an author, you see it too. You know, if you are taking that moment, like, because you do all your own stuff, you go on to Goodreads and you pull quotes um, Mm -hmm. about your books for marketing. And you come across a review that is maybe not so kind. Yeah. You know? it's you have to think you know okay i can't let this get to me mm-hmm. but if you come across four or five of them it gets to the point where <laughs> you're like why am i doing this again
2: i know and That's then you have place.
0: and you have to find your inspiration again mm-hmm. i find it by going to the library and cornering little old ladies and throwing up <laughs> about romance novels like <laughs> verbal craziness I did. I I cornered little old ladies and told them all about romance novels. It was kind of scary.
2: That's my dream. I want someone to corner me and talk about romance novels. Dang. It was like,
0: imagine your eight-year-old telling you all about Minecraft.
2: (laughs) I do know a lot about Minecraft. It's true.
0: Same. Same. And mine are not eight anymore. They are eight (laughs) plus ten. So, (laughs) like, but that's what I did to these ladies. Anyway, so... pushing publish on your first book. Talk Mm -hmm. about
2: those feelings. Oh, it's so fun to, it's so fun to put a story out there that's been living in your head for so long. It's also um, terrifying, obviously (laughs) to put yourself out there because every book and I'm sure every podcast episode and every piece of, you know, your creative heart, it does feel vulnerable to put it Mm -hmm. out there for people to judge. I mean, you hope that most people are just going to read it and feel all of the feelings that you want them to feel. That's what I want. I just want to make people happy. I just want to give people that like, (sighs) or that just that those butterflies in the gut feeling you get from romance that just, Mm -hmm. I get like stomach cramps, but the best kind. And still decades later, and that's what I want people to feel. So pushing when you hit publish, it's sort of an onslaught because I just did this a couple of weeks ago. So this is why it's fresh in my mind. It is an onslaught of like, (sighs) holy crap that happened all of that work but then like holy crap like here it's out there yeah in the wild (laughs) we wait and see how how it affects people but most mostly um at least the people who take the time to reach out to you are you know usually have good things to say Uh about how it made them feel Yeah. yeah and you always like to hear that like it hit a person like in the right place in their own journey that's I love that Well, I think there's such
0: power in making those connections Mm -hmm. through your stories. Right. Um, So did you always want to be an indie author or did you try Mm -hmm. the traditional route first? Like, did you query or anything like
2: that? No, I just always wanted to be indie. I really love my job. I really love my job. And I can't imagine leaving the working world. Um, I just don't. I just also don't want writing to be a job for me. Mm -hmm. I think I like having it as a hobby and a place to sink into. It really is my happy place. Just sitting down with my laptop and sinking into a fictional world. Um, So it's a good balance. I like being out in the real world and being a working woman. I'm growing a lot in that way. Uh, And I think it informs my fiction. But I have, yeah, I have no desire to go traditional or to be a full-time fiction writer. I do a lot of writing for my day job, but... No, I just I think indie is the perfect balance. It gives you so much freedom, and I'm slow. I'm so slow, and it's fine. Um, so I, it works for me. The flexibility of being indie is a perfect fit for my life.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like with indie, like you have full control over mm-hmm. every choice, every decision. Like when books are coming out. Like right. if you're gonna have seven books or two books or. Mm-hmm. So you, that is yep. like having that control is nice.
2: It's, yeah. you can decide what you're writing, when you're writing it, how you're writing it. And I only read indie as well. I mean, for the most part, I read mm-hmm. some traditionally published fantasy just cause I love fantasy. But um, it, it's like, there's so many own voices Mm-hmm. Um, indie books out there that I think that we wouldn't be able to get our hands on otherwise. Right. I, I just, I, I went straight up indie romance in 2018 and I don't feel at all like I'm missing out on anything. I mean, I've never read a Tessa Bailey. Everyone loves, you know, like the big authors. I'm like, no, I've never read, you know, the kiss quotient. I'm totally behind on all of the books that everyone talks about on bookstagram. Mm-hmm. But, but I, again, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything by sticking straight indie. There's so many great indie authors, like you were saying.
1: I, I mean, I read probably ninety percent indie. Like mm-hmm. there are those those handful of authors that, like, well, I really enjoy. the nature of but a, but a lot of those are hybrid too. So yeah. like, I don't like- think I read any. I only read maybe three or four like traditionally published authors that only trad pub books. Yeah.
0: But the nature of the podcast, we have to kind of keep up on what everyone well, is, this is reading. True. Mm-hmm. So we don't always, yeah. you know, like, we don't always have a choice as to what we're reading or, you know, like, mm-hmm. because oh, we, too, we're servicing we want, our community.
1: We want, because mm-hmm. there, are, we do have a lot of listeners who like, they read more trad pubbed yeah. like authors. So we want to reach out to them and like, be able to like, talk about the books that they're reading. Um, so sure. we do kind of jump the jump the fence on that a little bit more than we might well to our completely owned devices I
0: was gonna say completely yeah. owned. and this leads me to my next question here friend what is the hardest thing about indie publishing
2: I the hardest thing is the hustle it's just like you're saying it's having to do everything and uh, it's you know it, it's a lot especially mm-hmm. when it's it is your stuff for me it's a side hustle or not even a side hustle because you know you, in the end you don't make any money on it or at least I don't but um we get that's that. fine <laughs> yeah. again I'm we fine do. with it it's a hobby it's just the constant hustle and the I'm a marketer too by day but I am not great at marketing my books um I think it's very hard to try to keep relevant too it just seems like You know, there's so many amazing romance novels out there and trying to make a splash in that giant pond is very difficult. So I've just had to come to a place in my mind that like, I'm not trying necessarily to reach the masses. My my reader group is pretty small and I'm okay with that because they're pretty engaged as well. Mm -hmm. I probably have like 50 to 60 consistent readers who have read all of my stuff and we engage with quite regularly. And I love that. And I'd rather have that, I think, than you know, 500,000 people who are like breezing through a book don't really care about it on their way to something else.
0: Well, and I think that I appreciate that you are, you know, content with where you are in this moment, but -hmm. it's also not hindering you from writing more stories. But I like that you aren't trying to chase the best-selling status or the, Mm -hmm. um, the orange banner you aren't chasing that you just want to put out quality stories that touch people in some way and make an impact and um I appreciate that because there are times that we do come across an author that in the moment you as like an arc reader or a reviewer even as a podcaster we sometimes feel like we're a stepping stone you know like kind Mm -hmm. of stepped on and for us, it's like no, no, no. Wait, <laughs> we want to love everybody, and we want everyone to know how great your stories are. But please don't step on my hand. I know <laughs> we're right? trying to help share your stories, um, but I, and I know you as an author, you have to feel that because we see it, we see it constantly with the way mm-hmm. how fast social media moves, and everybody's right. on to the next book and on to the next moment, because. Um, we all have a little bit of FOMO in our Mm -hmm. life. We all are like worried we're missing out on something. Mm -hmm. So your contentment is great, but I don't think it's hindering the kinds of stories you're telling.
2: Mm -hmm. No, it isn't at all. I don't think it is. So it works for me too. And I, I feel bad too, because I have a day job that lets me, you know, be comfortable too. So I don't have to physically don't have to chase writing as a career and, and as a moneymaker. So I feel very blessed in that as well. And I can treat it more as a hobby. Um, so I do think that like, I do have some author friends who are so good at the hustle and they're so good at, at ads and keywords and the things that can help make you more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they are, and they're, they're, they're becoming successful and it's slow just because it is a slow process unless you hit some sort of jackpot, which, you know, we've seen that. Happen there are those, as well, there are
1: those lucky ones for there the, are, the first but or but second book. People, it just, it's an upward
2: mm-hmm. slog until you get to where you want to go. Um, mm. and I love seeing, I love seeing my friends reach their goals and their goals are all different. My goal is just like you're saying, I just want to put out good books when I can that really mm. make, you know, that reach the right readers. I'd rather have really good quality readers around me than, than a huge quantity.
1: We've, we've talked to a couple different authors where like, this is their hobby and they're content, like with the level that they're at. They're like, I want mm-hmm. my stories out there. I want people to like, to enjoy my reading or my writing. And, but they're like, I love my job. I just yeah. do this because like, I want to share my stuff. And mm-hmm. if I never make a bestseller list, like they're okay with that too. Cause this is just, this is fun for them. And they just want, yeah. they want that like opportunity to be out there, but they're content with everything else, and I think that's fabulous. But yeah, I think
0: we also, as readers, sense that in your stories mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there is a a calmness to your stories. I don't feel oh. like you like your stories. I love your stories. They are very good. They are very engaging. Thank you. But I don't feel like you're writing it to get to get better. words on a
1: page. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you're not. That's just it. You're not filling the pages with words. You know just so that you mm-hmm. have a story to put out. There is meaning and purpose behind your stories. And sometimes we'll come across a book and I'll feel like either it's fan service. It's an author that mm-hmm. has a huge fan group and they're just writing the story to make their fans happy. Or mm-hmm. we run across a story where someone is just pushing so hard and they yeah. lost the beauty of the story. Like it mm-hmm. got jumbled and it messes up pacing or something like that. And you can see that you love what you do, and that it's it's a passion. It's oh, all because so it's in your pages.
2: Yeah, it's- and uh, I've seen those books too, and and you know I think you're you're right as a as readers we can kind of feel the inauthenticity of it, mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't ever want to hit that. Although I um, sometimes I think it's my writing is selfish too because the all in series you know it's. Um, human space flight and i love space and i'm like no one cares about this like no one's reading like human space flight fiction but you just got to you know try to work in the other things like the people the world like angle that. and the steam and things like that cuz i i know anyone i talked to about it during that process was like ew sci-fi i'm like no it's not sci-fi i promise even though you know, i think sci-fi is amazing but we're all obsessed with
0: spacex <laughs> right? and um elon musk and all the chaos in his life and the things he makes <laughs> headlines for tweeting about a stupid app i mean like yeah obviously there are people that are obsessed into that industry and mm-hmm. and that's something i know it was like for leah she's like nerdy heroes i'm like yeah, yeah. i do know the
1: nerdy hero like what is what was the thought process behind choosing the nerdy hero
2: uh <laughs> Well, for the All In series, it was, well, my husband's Chinese, so I really wanted to rep um, Chinese men in romance, because for the longest time, he's just like, I have never once seen an Asian man on a cover of one of your books. And I'm like, you're right, we've been together for almost two decades, you haven't seen that, I'm going to write that. So my fiction is rooted in realism, so I'm like, well, what are the Chinese really into, what are they great at? Um... they have an amazing space program so it started sort of like I love space Chinese marry it together but then I had to work in the billionaires because you need money behind this so they're like kind of nerdy billionaires and then um, (laughs) Vadim the Russian the grumpy Russian astronaut he's not nerdy he's dirty and that's kind of (laughs) where my um, tagline comes from and my first two books um, one's a professor and the other one's a scientist so I I like I just like to nerd out on topics when I write, I think it's fun. And that's what, and I want my readers to learn some things, even though mm-hmm. it's fiction, I do a ton of research to like drop little nuggets in here. Like I'm going to teach them something. So I'm going to drop <laughs> little things in there um, and make people learn as they're reading romance. It's fun for me. No, um, I, love that.
0: I love it. I think that's great. Um, okay. So this is something that gets talked about, not a ton on bookstagram, okay. uh, but over on book talk, something that gets oh. talked about a lot is oh, the choice so of being like a Kindle. T- I hate it. I I watch ah. it, but don't get me started on book talk. Oh, I don't, don't
2: have it. TikTok. I'm so old. Like you don't oh, I need know, it. I know you nothing. don't want it. You'll go don't down do these
1: rabbit holes <laughs> that you just can't get out of. Like oh we gosh. go down book rabbit holes and TikTok rabbit holes. Like I was just like swiping and TikTok the other night, and I lost like two hours.
2: Yes, yeah, don't do. Perfect. it. Like I already spent enough time on Instagram and Pinterest. Like I just cannot. There's no way.
0: So your choice to be a Kindle Unlimited author. Mm -hmm. What? Why go that route versus wide?
2: Um, if I'm just for you, perfectly, just honest. Honesty is best. I'm (laughs) I'm lazy, honestly. Like with Amazon it's a self-contained, you know, one thing or three clicks on is what it is to get a book Mm. uploaded to Amazon. And then you just a fourth click to add it to KU. And I'm like, this is, it's so much easier for my life as chaotic as my life is. At least I know being an Amazon exclusive author, this is contained. I understand how it works. All of my friends who are wide, um it it just seems like so much for me personally it works for them they understand it a lot of people have things against amazon i get it i live in seattle i get it <laughs> like you love and hate amazon but it's it's a part of life up here um so it's more just to contain my life and maintain some sanity um i personally don't have ku and i don't know why i don't know why i don't have it it's one of the weirdest things ever but i know romance love romance readers especially really love it so that's where i wanted to be
0: we have seen so we have a couple of international listeners um Mm -hmm. and one of our international listeners she lives in brazil and the american dollar to the brazil to the brazilian dollar the inflation is astronomical like a paperback for her is a hundred dollars whoa and so she has ku Mm -hmm. and it is a game changer for her. Oh, yeah. It's she be a can read and they don't have a library system. I think sometimes we think very mm-hmm. Ameri- U.S. Yeah. and even Canada, you know, very American, Northern American centric. Like mm-hmm. we have libraries, but we're learning that not every library system is the same.
2: Yeah, And mm-hmm. with
0: something like KU, there is an accessibility there that I think that sometimes... When I hear an author railing about Kindle Unlimited and how much they hate mm-hmm. it and they hate Amazon, that's really great. But I live in a medium-sized town. I don't live in a large city. It's yeah. 60 minutes to the nearest Barnes & Noble for me. I do not have a Target in my town. Okay. I'm limited to a Walmart or a Meijer because I live in Ohio. Um, <laughs> Amazon allows me to get paperbacks. Or yeah. Kindle Unlimited provides me opportunities that I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm you know, and I was, I exclusively read out of my library for seven years, seven years. I could not afford to buy a book.
1: But let me say though, Becky's library (laughs) is like above and beyond (laughs) like her library catalog of romance books. I think the last time we checked was probably a few months ago and they had over 60,000
2: different romance
1: books that you could borrow. That's amazing. I looked at my library <laughs> and I live in a very, very small town in outside of Pittsburgh. We had maybe 6,000 total okay, in two counties.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, so, I didn't I realize mean, the accessibility. I love that, especially internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I And you're right. There is a financial barrier to book buying and that mm-hmm. is real. And I know Kindle Unlimited is really helpful in that way. Um, yeah, it's... It's been Mm -hmm. a game
1: changer for her. And she's so excited that like they, and they even, they have it there because there are some countries that do not have it. Yeah. So in Brazil, there is
0: Kindle Unlimited and she's Mm -hmm. like, I can, I I can read these books that you're talking about and I can afford to get them. And so. Good. I know that there's the good and the bad and the ugly of Amazon and, you know, death to Jeff Bezos. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Um, Yeah. But. Kindle Unlimited, sometimes I feel like we have to remind people mm-hmm. that you can't just think in your own little bubble.
2: <laughs> right. You gotta think. True.
0: Because uh, we talked to one author, she lives over in Europe. Her country does not have Kindle Unlimited. So it okay. was her choice to be wide was because mm-hmm. she didn't have a choice to not be wide. Um, mm-hmm. if she wanted her neighbors to be able to read her book. Which, okay, that's that is fair. Yeah. But a euro it's very mm-hmm. different. It doesn't inflate, like, say, a, you know, a, a dollar coming out of, you know, South America. Whatever the
1: monetary. Right.
0: I think it's a Brazilian it. dollar. I don't even know yeah. anymore. <laughs> um, okay. So next book comes yeah. out March 29th. Mm-hmm. So this episode is dropping on Sunday, March 27th. So on yeah. Tuesday, March 29th. Yeah. Can't help loving you hmm.
2: So this is a little different than the all in series. It's quite different. I think it felt very different writing it.
0: It's um, it, it reads a little different, too. I mean, it's yeah, there's the same love and care that you give the characters, but they're different than what you have re- written before.
2: <laughs> it's not as lighthearted. I, I think that the all in series, like I said, is a little bit more escapist. Um, just because that was the time of life that we were in. I think we all kind of wanted to escape reality at that time. This one is the complete opposite. I feel like um, it was heavier, it's harder, it was much harder to write. It took me all year and I kind of dreaded it, if I'm being honest. I'd be like, great, I gotta go sink into Ava and her miserable life, but I uh, can't wait. Um and it's uh, hopefully it doesn't read miserable. It just took me so long to write it that it felt like it was miserable for a really long time, but she's just think- a woman who is living a life that she chose and feels like she is stuck with. So I um see- as a woman, we tend to put ourselves last um in a lot of situations mm-hmm. and she is one of those women who is not using her voice and is not putting herself first. So it is a romance obviously. It's a forbidden second chance romance. But it is also just a story of um a woman's journey too and learning to use her voice again. She um she has a lot of self-discovery
1: like throughout mm-hmm. the book. And she there's a lot of character growth for her from like beginning to end. And she I mean, she goes through some hard stuff and like makes some hard choices where you're yeah. like, Why are you doing that? Yeah. But like stop it. But when but when she comes out at the end, like you understand why she made the choices that she did and why she did what she did, because she, she really did need to, I don't want to spoil anything right. since it doesn't, is now yet, but like she, there are some choices that she made that she really needed to figure out like what, what she truly wanted and
2: mm-hmm. But I think she was a little life. bit
0: of a mirror, yeah. too, for women in general. So mm-hmm. I struggled a little with Ava. In the end, I get it. I get all the choices mm-hmm. she made. And I did have a lot more compassion for mm-hmm. her in, what, in the, her journey. Like, her journey helped me like her better. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think she was a little bit of a mirror of all of us, that sometimes mm-hmm. we get stuck in the choices we've made. Mm-hmm. And exactly. even when a hand is reached out to us to help us get out of it, we're mm-hmm. so stuck in our path that we don't get out of it. Right. And right. so um, there was definitely a little bit more emotion, but it was such a great mm-hmm. character driven story. I'm um, so glad. They come, you know, they shine on the pages. They mm-hmm. might drive you a little bonkers, guys, though. That's all I'm saying. Just a little. Are you Just talking about little. the slow,
2: the slow burn part of it?
0: i carolina had warned me that it was a slow Mm -hmm. burn she's like it's a slow burn becky do not get mad and i'm like okay i I will i will not get mad um (laughs) it was more like her choices like her just Mm -hmm. being stuck in her pattern yeah Mm -hmm. but we all do i
1: feel like with her too like she like almost had this like mentality of like it i can't get it's never going to get better than what i have right now like she didn't want to see like the other side of the the card like she was mm-hmm. like this is my choice I made these choices I I'm, ne- I'm never making it away from this choice like she didn't yeah. want to flip to the b-side and be like what would it be like if I made a decision to change everything
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's probably a Taurus she's <laughs> a little bit <laughs> um
0: yeah. so yeah and she will make you a little bonkers but you will love her in the end so it'll be okay I mm-hmm. hope so um can't Help Loving You releases March 29th. Mm-hmm. Eve, thank you so much for joining us for this author oh, spotlight. We appreciate thank you, you so for much. for having
2: me. I am just so grateful for you guys for talking to me about books. And like I said, for your whole indie author month, I think that's amazing. I love that you're spotlighting, spotlighting, like you're saying, the um, the small guys in, mm-hmm. in the yeah. community. Yeah. So we appreciate that so much.
1: Well, Well, our feeling is everybody starts at the bottom. Like Mm -hmm. everybody starts at the same level. Like nobody starts at the top, like all come in. So like, we need to talk to everybody, like all of those.
0: Yep. And we kind of stair step and, you know, every author's journey is different. And Mm -hmm. I think that as readers, it helps us understand why does it take you a year to put a book out? Here's why, here's Mm -hmm. why. And that helps me have a little bit more grace when I'm anxious for that next book. And (laughs) then I don't message the author like every three weeks. And it actually makes me as a reader also more patient because, you know, Mm -hmm. I used to be the reader. Yes. I used to be the reader that would get upset when a release date got pushed. And now I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'd rather have a really great story than you push out. Just be Mm -hmm. honest with me that, yeah. life is in the way I can't get a book out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, we just, we love talking to authors. So whatever we can do to spend mm-hmm. time talking books, we're there. Oh, we appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Um, and like I said, uh, gosh, I flipped my paper. Can't help loving you releases March 29th. Um, <laughs> thanks again, Eve. Thank you so much. was delightful conversation. And it she was. left with book wrecks.
1: She did because that's, I mean, we should just make a list for people. Be like, these are the books that you should read. Because <laughs> I'm that sure that she, she was not expecting. No. She was not expecting to come on and have like multiple books to read. But I do love that she loves The Pining Hero. You're right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, Leah. It's book of the week time. It is.
1: Um, So what was your book of the week?
0: Um, Wicked is Seduction by Shayla Black. So this starts the duet that is um, part of the Wicked and Devoted series, which is this quasi military special forces mercenary group. Um, And I have, it's a spinoff from her wicked lovers series so okay. the owners of the company are part of her wicked lover series um and, Wic- and wicked and devoted series is so far it's like four i think this book is like the fourth guy to get his story um so this is trees and lila it is a bodyguard layla. protector layla yeah, Layla. I even mm-hmm. wrote it down right, but said it wrong. Yeah,
1: I know you did.
0: So anyway, showing you people my paper. Um, it's a bodyguard protector romance. Uh, she is the sister of a woman that was married into a Mexican drug cartel, and the cartel is coming after her. And there's a little bit of BDSM in it, and Trees is this 6'8 giant man Um and she's the, like described as five foot one. She's like five foot one. Ooh. And he has a type and, but it's sexy and it's good, but it's only part one of the duet. So part two
1: doesn't come out until the end of April. <laughs> Which is why I'm waiting to read it because I recently read a book that I didn't realize was, realized was a cliffhanger. And the second part doesn't come out till June. So
0: I'm not and doing that to that stresses myself again. You I love Shayla Black, and if you have not read her Wicked Lovers series or any of these books in the Wicked Devoted series, I cannot recommend them enough. They are sexy and steamy. There's definitely BDSM in them, um, but they're fantastic. So what was your book of the week, Leah? Okay.
1: Well, I did not have a book of the week. I was kind of in a book slump, and so I went down a dirty novella rabbit hole this week. Um, because I needed something to get me out of the book slump, and I mean, what is better to get me out of a book slump than a dirty novella? So I started reading. <laughs> it's the Filthy Dirty Desires collaboration series. It's authors um, like Hope Ford, Olivia T. Turner, and Darcy Rose, and there's actually a whole bunch. But they do like the over-the-top, like possessive alphas. Um, there's some dub con and um, non-con, some, no, questionable no, con. No, I don't think there's any questionable con, but there's some kidnapping and there's some
0: love a good kid.
1: It's just some questionable, like ways these people get together. But I think there's like 11 or 12 books in this collaboration series. It's like, not all of them are out, but it was honestly, it was just what I needed to get out of the slump. I love
0: that. A little kidnapping will make you feel better about your life.
1: (laughs) I just, I don't understand it, but it works. And it helped so sure um who doesn't love a taboo romance to make them feel better
0: um me i love that i mean it makes me happy so i get Mm it i get it um we would like to take a minute and welcome new patreon member tiara she joined us in february for drunk book club Mm -hmm. loved us so much and came she she came back back for more (laughs) um she is so funny we are so excited to have you along um, did you know that the Buzzing About Romance podcast is 100% indie podcast? Um, the only way we are able to bring you episodes that we do is because our amazing Patreon community. If you are part of the cold brew tier, your reading journals for April and May are headed out in the mail this week. So um, you get perks like Drunk Book Club. We are starting our... Um, Another round? discussions of uh bridgerton's season Uh two um so um that are all part of our patreon exclusive stuff so all
1: good stuff okay It is. There's a lot of good stuff. And another easy way to support the podcast is by shopping on Amazon through our affiliate link. You can find it right on our website. Um, If you're thinking of joining Kindle Unlimited or Audible, we have a special code for that also. And each time you sign up for those through the affiliate link, we get a small percentage back from Amazon. And that counts for any purchases you make. So if you go to our website and you click on like the book deals, and you click on it through the website, we get a percentage of that. Um, And we are always good for the book deals, so.
0: We are, we are. Um, So do you want to know what is coming up and happening on Buzzing About Romance and in the Buzzing About Romance community? Make sure you are signed up for our newsletter. You can find a link to sign up on our website. This is the best way to keep track of all of our upcoming events. We also use it to feature amazing community members and going forward, that will, how uh, authors can find opportunities to join us
1: for episodes. Mm-hmm. And we do it um, every other week. So typically just twice a month, but it, it's usually on Fridays, but if it's been a really chaotic week, sometimes it's Saturday or Sunday. So it kind of just depends on when I have the time to get it out, but it's always that first week and the third week. So it's every other, typically Friday. I try Friday, but sometimes Friday just
0: doesn't <laughs> happen. It doesn't happen, but typically, I mean, it's just about two weeks apart and we try mm-hmm. to keep it um, pretty up to date, but we feature community members or authors that have been a part of our community. But if um, we
1: have fun stuff happening, like if you want to know what's going on with the challenges that you might've missed, like all of that stuff is in there. Drunk Book Club information, Discord information, like... You need it, you'll find it in the newsletter and thinking Drunk Book Club. So, our next Drunk Book Club is going to be April 9th, and we are reading Igniting Ivy by Samantha Christie. And we are pleased to let you know that Samantha will be joining us for the evening. And if you are interested in joining us for Drunk Book Club, you can find more details at bookcaseandcoffee.com backslash drunk book club, or you can just email us at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com.
0: And we'll send you all the information you need to know. Um, So New Year New Challenge is coming to an end. It has been an amazing three months. Our community Mm -hmm. has read over 100 new-to-them authors in the last three months. And
1: counting.
0: And counting. Um, so the last day to send us your new to you author entries is Thursday, March 31st. Winners of that challenge will be announced on April the first. You can find details to enter, participate, um, on the website. So even if you haven't participated for the last, you know, for January, February, you can still join us. It's not too late. And
1: and your January and February new to you authors do count. It is not like it's not you had to turn them in in January for them to count like it's a rolling thing. So if you read new authors in January and you're just finding us now, let us know and we can get you entered into the giveaways. Yep. And then. Next, well,
0: up, next up, we are continuing in the author spotlight. So the mm-hmm. next four episodes, we will be featuring indie authors. So who is up next time, Leah?
1: Up next is indie author Molly McLean. Yeah, and Becky I'm super excited. is super excited because she is loved. I have read one book by Molly and it was very good and Becky is so excited because she has made made other people read Molly's books, but they were delightful and I am excited to to talk to her um all about her upcoming yeah, book.
0: Yeah, and her journey as an mm-hmm. author is very interesting it's not typical she you but know we're not
1: going to talk about it we're going to wait until our next episode
0: so i i want to share her story because it just shows that sometimes things have to take a different path it's not always straight
1: yep exactly but
0: anyway until next time everyone
1: happy reading everybody
2: find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance